Silk Matoni's grandfather returned with stories of the marvels he had seen in the white man's world and carried with him a letter of introduction written by Fremont that asked all who met Captain Truckee to treat him well. He called this letter his rag friend. To Truckee, written words were the source of the white man's power. Our white brothers are a mighty nation. This can talk to all our white brothers and our white sisters and their children, he told Thokmatoni. Very late that fall, my grandfather and my father and a great many more went down to the Humboldt River to fish. When they came back, they said there were some white people living at the Humboldt Sink. During the winter, my people helped them. They gave them such as they had to eat. There was no game to hunt when the desert lay blanketed in snow. Sharing their meager stores of nuts and grains was a sacrifice for Thokmatoni's people. They got a bitter repayment for their kindness. That spring, a group of white men attacked a Kuyuidika fishing party camped along the river. Soon, fearful news arrived from other Paiute bands telling of more armed attacks by white men, along with horrific tales of the ill-fated Donner Party, emigrants who had resorted to eating members of their own group when their wagon train was stranded in the high Sierras. Hair-raising accounts of the brutal misdeeds were told and retold around the campfire, the ancient myth of the cannibal owl, a monster that devoured small children merged into the telling of the blood-curdling story. Oh, what a fright we all got one morning to hear some white people were coming. My poor mother was carrying my little sister on her back and trying to make me run, but I was so frightened I could not move my feet. My aunt overtook us, and she said to my mother, Let us bury our girls, or we shall all be killed and eaten up. So they went to work and buried us, and told us if we heard any noise not to cry out. They planted sage bushes over our faces to keep the sun from burning them. With my heart throbbing and not daring to breathe, we lay there all day. It seemed that the night would never come. At last, Thokmatoni heard whispering. Afraid to make a sound, she lay stone still as footsteps drew closer. Then she heard her mother's voice calling. Soon she was safe in her mother's arms. But her terror did not go away. When her grandfather decided that his sons and daughters and their children should accompany him to California to learn about the white man's world, she was certain that terrible danger lay ahead. How I did cry and wished that I had stayed at home with my father. Her grandfather's assurances that his rag friend would keep them safe, and that white people were not the evil cannibal owls in her nightmares, did nothing to calm her. She hid inside her mother's rabbit-skin robes, sobbing, as her grandfather led them along the Carson River toward the towering Sierras. At last we came to a very large encampment of white people. My grandfather called me to him and said I must not be afraid of the white people, for they are very good. 
When they were coming nearer, I peeped round my mother to see them. They were the first ones I'd ever seen in my life. Dread of an unknown menace vanished. Tears were replaced by wonder as Thokmatoni witnessed the power of her grandfather's talking rag friend. After Chief Truckee's white brothers looked at the paper, there were handshakes of friendship. Sacks of flour and other provisions were offered, as well as clothing for the men and women of his family. Friendly encounters continued on the heavily used emigrant trail, but when sweet treats were handed out to the Paiute children, Thukmatoni hung back from the others, still wary of close contact with the white strangers. Only when she became deathly ill from touching a plant called poison oak,